The Sacred Dynamics podcast explores some of the biggest topics of our time, including the true nature of reality, the healing and awakening process, the evolution of consciousness, deception on the path, natural law, and daring to tackle the greatest of all quests, the journey of self-realization. Through conscious awareness and the law of correspondence, we engage individually and thus collectively in the restoration of humanity, embodying life itself, and our symbolic relationship with nature. Dear Sacred Souls, welcome to the 10th episode of the Sacred Dynamics podcast. Thanks for connecting. Before we dive deep into these very gripping and somewhat controversial topics, I would like to share with all of you that we are deeply grateful and joyous to announce the highly successful launching of the first edition of the Sacred Mastery School, a holistic expansion course. Think of this course as a user's manual for the mind and body, designed to help activate a quantum leap and remove the barriers that hold us back in our personal evolution. Sacred Mastery School is an opportunity to learn together how to thrive from a place of creativity and potential. Soon, we will announce the second edition. For more information, please visit our website at www.sacreddynamics.com slash sacredmasteryschool. The links are going to be in the show notes. In our last episode, we covered many topics related to the waking up in the dream. We talked about what exactly is a spiritual awakening, why and how this takes place, how to navigate and cope with this passage, releasing from past agreements and contracts that no longer serve, and finding my tribe, and, and much more. In today's episode, we will, walk, uh, we will talk about uncovering the great divide the religion of materialism, quote-unquote man-made tech versus organic nature, AI versus ego, man versus machine, transhumanism, agendas of the system, manipulation of information, a catalyst for awakening, and of course, the golden nuggets. Very excited for this powerful episode, my friend. We are tackling some major and highly relevant topics today, and we'll be uncovering key perspectives and, of course, the golden nuggets. Let's start this powerful show at what Jay is calling the Great Divide versus the Great Awakening. Welcoming the very present and always relevant Brother Jay. What exactly is this great divide. Mm, thank you. Thanks, brother. Always grateful to be here now doing this. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Ah, uh, yes, the great divide versus the great awakening. Well, the great divide is not actually a new phenomenon, nor is the awakening nor am I referring to the Grand Canyon or the division of the continents. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an age-old living metaphor that waxes and wanes through this dream realm ad infinitum. I am referring to the profound and yet illusory nuance, 
the great divide between the heart and the mind. Now, this idea has actually been metaphorically professed throughout basically every holy book and culture since the dawn of the dawn. Oof. <laughs> Absolutely. Very interesting start, my friend. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, pace yourselves. This is going to get really interesting. <laughs> so, Jay, could you lead us uh, into an example of this metaphor to get out of to get our listeners warmed up in the topic, please? Sure. Okay. Let's let's look at it like this. It seems maybe we need to revisit the Adam and Eve story for a moment, hmm. huh? You remember the tree of knowledge and the tree of life? For sure. We dipped into this in the episode number three while we were talking about the Kundalini awakening. Absolutely. And so, yes, this metaphor goes very, very deep. Let's put it this way. The clues to the greatest of the greatest mystery. Who am I? And there it is, once again, even before five minutes, <laughs> and we are already hitting the self-realization button. Como no, hermano? <laughs> Why not? Huh? <laughs> it's like we got to get there in under five. That's all there is to it, huh? <laughs> so, you know what? This is, this is, the clues are flowing like a river in symbolic representation. This is, this is the allegory, and... The allegory, of course, is a living, emanating story, and I call this the living story, which is hidden in plain sight. The clues that unlock the divine manifestor, you see, manifestor, or womb manifestor, or what is properly known as the hue man. Hmm. The hue in human is the light-color vibrancy factor, the interrelation of the spectrum, the blending of the light spectrums. You see where I'm going? As in alignment and integration of the entire spectrum, the chakra system, the kundalini shakti awakening, the awakened man. Very interesting to see the differences between man and human. Mm-hmm. This seems to be another clue. Some sort of evolution process, I suppose. Mm. Now, how is this related with the Adam and Eve allegory? Yes, well, actually, to, to touch on your point, absolutely this is referring to a process of what we understand to be the expansion of cosmic consciousness, which, as we know from some other episodes of communication, is what we understand as the, what did they call it again, Ro? The Darwin thing? What did he call it again? Evolution? Oh, yeah, that. Evolution. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly that. In the allegory of the Garden of Eden, there was a warning about eating from the tree eating the fruit, which we know as the apple, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this is a very, very significant reference. This, of course, relates to getting lost in the sea of ones and zeros. You follow me? 
I think I see the correlation. I mean, between the apple and the sea of ones and zeros, as in a binary computer language? Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> mm -hmm. One quick question. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is, is that there are two trees. On one hand, the tree of knowledge, and on the other, the tree of life. I guess one has to do with mind intelligence and the other with heart intelligence. Am I right? Okay. So you are, you are on track. You are definitely on track, brother. The, uh, this is, this is, this is going to turn out to be really, uh, very meaningful and powerful. So let's step through this kind of methodically. Okay. The idea of the tree, there's a whole extrapolation of the tree when we look at the tree of life and we look at the man, the human. This is the tree that is in full blossom. And so when we have the concept of two trees, essentially imagine that you're looking at one tree and you see the branches coming up in one direction and you see the roots going in the other. Mm-hmm. If you take and you look at half the tree at the bottom, you could be considering that you're looking at a tree because of its attributes, what it's related to. And then you could look at the upper level of the tree and you could also see that to be something different than what's going below the ground, mm -hmm. both of them in similar shapes. So there's one aspect of the two in one. Now when we look at these two trees, what we're looking at is... And this is how I, I, I like to share the, the, the understanding. Absence is in the mind. Presence is in the heart. So when we read about these two trees, it's easy to miss the subtle hints telling us that they aren't really actually two separate trees, just seemingly mm -hmm. that they are. They're both located in the midst of the garden. Now look at the body. Look at the metaphor. The body is another metaphor of the garden. And so, ultimately, they're all intertwined in the garden. They're all part of. Mm -hmm. But each of them, looking at them separately, they are essentially indicating two symbols that represent different aspects. And that the, of totality, right, of the all. That totality is consciousness, that which is both immortal and eternal. An important aspect that you must realize about consciousness is that when it's manifested here, and you are the manifestor, and for the uh, womb manifestor, this is the woman, womb man, and you are the manifestor, and so here in this dream, it becomes dual in nature. Duality comes here through the mind in this dream. Mm -hmm. Okay? So this is why we have two separate symbols. Trees also, as I said, represent the man, the branches and the roots, the manifestor. And these are both located in the midst of the Eden. The tree of knowledge can be associated to the mind and its relative knowledge. This is the relative field here. Mm -hmm. Right? So the relative knowledge world. The brain and its roots are nervous system. This represents the experience in duality. 
and now it represents consciousness manifested through duality. And to eat of the tree of knowledge means to experience through the lower natures, mental, emotional, and physical. Mm-hmm. And so we can raise the spiritual man, the human, from the experiences of the natural man. So you go from man to human. Mm-hmm. By first experiencing the roots, first experiencing the lower nature, and then bringing it up and resolving it to the full expression. Wow. And so, you know, the tree of life represents the divine ray. This is the logos. This is the self. From the plane of consciousness, when we speak in this allegory, before the fall of man, as they say, before you came into this body, mm-hmm. Right? And the one to which we shall return, and of course this means to realize. So you go into this density and then you realize who you actually really are mm-hmm. through the experiences of the lower natures. Wow. So, you know, this, uh, again, this high plane of consciousness is symbolized by Eden in this allegory. So the tree of life then is the divine energy flowing from this higher conscious plane. Where does it flow through? It flows through the Atma, as they say in the yogic tradition. It comes from the center force. This is the fountain of life force. This is the heart center. This is the self. Nice. So that's where that comes from. So Eden itself is an inward experience of the self, as opposed to an outward manifestation or dream of the self. Yes. So, the tree of life is associated with the heart, the divine self, and the center of the electromagnetic torus field, which is the organic vibrance technology, is the eminence and its circulating living system. That's the spiritual aspect of the human. And of course, the heart center is known as the unifier. Mm-hmm. You see? So, the mind operates in duality, right? And it plays out the lower natures. It acts as a filter so that you see these events. And the heart operates in oneness. It's the emanation of the, of, of the, uh, uh, the vibrance of, of the self, of the, of the eminence of the all, of the one, of the source. And one, and this is part of what uh, is the nuance or the key to this work, which is that one must silence the mind, which is how the alignment to the awakened sacred heart works. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're at a super significant nuance right here. Wow. This is where, you know, the Taurus field comes into play. This is uh, you know, to our listeners, I know that there's going to be a, a, a lot of people nowadays that understand that Taurus field, right? I, I think the, I mean, the Taurus field is this uh, electromagnetic field that emanates from the heart center mm-hmm. and circulates around the body. Yeah. And it actually looks like a, kind of like an apple, no? Yeah, exactly. It has this type of figure. Exactly. That's it. And so if you're listening and you're not familiar with the Taurus field, after or pause the podcast and go look it up and look at it because it's 
quite profound. You're going to start to notice more and more where it comes from. Because, look, let's put it this way. Basically, you could say that everything is made of torus fields. Everything. At a, at a, at a complete subatomic, let's talk the scientific terms, these, no? But at the complete micro, micro level, this is literally torus fields. I mean, from photons of light mm-hmm. to your cells, to the stars, to the universe. I mean, uh, here's a few more sacred hints. The phi symbol the sacred dynamic symbol. Mm -hmm. No, this is a circular outer with a vertical center line. One and zero united. Taurus field, a photon of light. This is a micro Taurus field. Mm -hmm. In science class, when they showed you these protons and they were showing that it was circulating around this nucleus and that this nucleus was matter, and that's not actually that isn't actually what it is. It's a torus field, and the universe is in it. <laughs> wow. So torus field. So, you know, I mean, and, and by the way, just since I'm on the, the hints, I also want to point out something for, for our listeners. You remember this whole, the digital versus analog. I mean, back it was, you know, we were, we were just getting into the CDs and the digital sound. Of course. And then you hear analog sound and you listen to a beautiful old record playing in a uh, tube amp through this equipment. And you never heard such beautiful sounds before. Definitely. And so this is also the digital versus analog in our world right now. And analog is the flowing natural waves. And digital is the superimposed copy. You with me? The analog versus digital. As is above, so is below. Wow. But wait a second. <laughs> this is all so very fascinating. Maybe, maybe we take a moment to breathe and process here. What do you think? I like it. Yes. I think so. Why don't we do that? Why don't we all take in a nice deep inhale and hold? And focus it deeply and inwardly. And when you're ready, slowly release and let it go. Very, very significant, my friend. I mean, this is powerful stuff. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So, we, I mean, we're at, we're at the point where, you know, we're comprehending now the existence of these trees within. We're starting to comprehend the mind, its relation. We're starting to get to that. Are you with me? For sure. And I have a, a one more question. Mm-hmm. So having understood the existence of these trees, which can be observed as two, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the knowledge, uh, and which is related to the mind, and one of life, which is related to the heart, and therefore the existence of duality in this realm. Uh, let's now kind of like under having understand understood that. Let's now bring this idea of the religion of materialism. It, uh, I mean, I see the, the relation here, but can you explain uh, this and its relation or context a little more for our listeners, Jay? I mean, and, and, and starting with a brief definition, perhaps, of the word religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Good start. Okay. Well, let's look at what that means. So, I mean, if you look at the if you look up the roots of the word, you're going to find um, you know kind of varying degrees of uh, terminologies, and so things that come up are piety, devotion, community. You know, there's some different Latin terms. Uh, you know, religionem, which is respect for what is sacred, divine faith, religere, which is to go through again, mm. relegare, which is to bind fast, all the way to contemporary meanings. Because once you look at some of the contemporary stuff, you'll see how things change. Because the origin of religion is essentially yoga. Now, what we're talking about is really more now become an organized system of doctrine, mm-hmm. practice, dogma, um, you know, sets of beliefs, sets of values that are preset. And, you know, and, and, and this almost, this goes into the range of what they call the cult. But, but I want to point out that what we see now and what a lot of people are seeing as modern religion is that they're seeing these dogmas and these separations between our book, your book, our language, your language, our God, your God. Mm-hmm. It's always seems to now, it's steamed in this, you know, or steeped, I mean, in separation. Everything is relative. Everything's relative in the relative field, brother. Yes. So the, so the material religion, as we're calling it here, mm-hmm. or faith, that we're referring to is ultimately glorifying the intellectual objective relative field of the universe, mm-hmm. right? The relative field and thus essentially withholding one from one's spiritual identity or the ascent of realization of one's divinity. This is where it's 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 holding us on the outside, this material religion. And, you know, the individuals that are involved, they are essentially looking at being kind of stuck in the lower mind. Yeah. Believing that there is actually a world out there that's happening to them. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's all there is. Wow. And this makes me think about the... I mean, contemporary funded science in general uh, typically follows this belief system as well. The intellectual materialist view. That's right. That's the, the, this view is basically that physical matter is the only reality. That's it. And, and let's put it this way. Matter is not what we perceive it to be. And matter is, for them... Everything, including, the, imagine this. This is also including thought, feelings, mind, and will, and 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 to explain it all through terms of matter and physical phenomenon. And I want to put a note in here that this is really the outside-in perspective, mm-hmm. and we talk about the inside-out and the direct uh, experience of that. And so now you're looking at this whole concept that everything is made of matter and if it's not then it can't be real is outside in mm-hmm. concept 
right? Wow, but let, let me get this clear. I mean, you said this religion of materialism is about glorifying the intellectual objective universe. So physical matter is the only reality. When you say that this is actually, uh, I mean, when you say this, I think it's kind of like going backwards, no? The, uh, this means that the heart, wisdom, the subjective universe, and the non-physical have no place in this scientific equation? Well, I, I can say that, uh, you know, I'm saying that these are shadows. Mm -hmm. The whole heart wisdom, if you, if you look at what this is about... This is glorifying the uh, relative intellect and the mind. And it's kind of essentially ignoring the heart in this. And, you know, I'm saying that the breakdown all has its place because that's what this is a part of. Because you go away from your life source, if you look at it as the trees. Mm -hmm. The further you go away from the source of life, the less you are filled by that life. The less you are uh, receiving of that force. Mm -hmm. And so the bigger picture reveals the scope. So, you know, this is, there's a lot of misleading info and, you know, the, there's 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 parts of this whole thing that relate to you know the occurrence from the big bang and that you as an individual are just a speck in the vastness of space and as such you're basically completely insignificant mm -hmm. that's the that's the scope of it so you're insignificant and lacking a source of life itself for example just to simplify the one thing you can say, because this is what I think is going gonna, is gonna to give us a, uh, a grounding point here, okay? To perceive that this is all just some random explosion and that you're so insignificant that on the scope of the quote-unquote universe, you are basically nothing and that's kind of so far from the heart isn't it it sure does feel like that <laughs> so far from the heart so far feels freezing freezing, freezing exactly cold. right <laughs> so what i'm saying is this and i'm and i'm asking our listeners to also to join in on this as as you sit and you hear my voice, you can ask a very simple question. And that question that you ask is, do I exist? What an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Because the fact that you exist is almost the only fact you know. You can't say, I do not exist. It's not up for uh, debate. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. Everything else could be argued. But the fact that you exist is a fact. I agree. Okay. Now, let's just take it one more step. If you exist right now, then there is obviously a source of your existence. Mm -hmm. Period. 
So you don't have to put a name to it. It's obvious. There it is. So, you know, I just wanted to hit the grounding point for a sec. And that's, it's so that it's very clear, no? That there is a source there. And life is an extension of you. And this is what I want to uh, turn the corner with. It's kind of like the opposite of... Exactly. ...of um, being insignificant. You got it. Mm-hmm. Now you're starting to see. Now you're starting to see where we're finding this great divide. So what you call life is actually the experience of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I want our listeners to take a sec to comprehend that. What you call life is actually the experience of yourself. This is the fundamental aspect missing in this artificial, material, conceptual faith. Wow. And you know, just talking about the Big Bang, that's uh, certainly another topic for a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I thought it just meant something big fell over. That was the Big Bang. Did you hear that? Yeah, it was a Big Bang. The chair fell. <laughs> that's, about, that's about it. So, so you know, and, and, and here, let's, 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 let's bring this in a little further, no? So that we can take this nuance and bring it in for our listeners. Consumerism, materialism, among many other virtuous ideologies, promote ideas based in lack, scarcity, and fear. Mm-hmm. We're, we're picking up all these clues, right? The believers of this faith consider advancements of man-made technology to be the pinnacle of human achievement and progress. But they're not actually talking about the human, you see, they just don't know it. So then, you know, basically, it's like the only chance for you to evolve in that faith is by technological advancement from external technology. Mm -hmm. So everything you're bringing uh, bringing it in from the outside. Right. And, and here's the thing. How do you access it? Who's, you see? Now right. you... You ne- access that technology by... Now you got to get in line, you see? Yes. You see where the religion is? Get in line and put money in the offering plate so we can help that guy save you. Yes. When 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 the reality, or at least the, the, the reality that feels cozy in the heart, it's completely opposite. Quite different. Now yes. you're seeing it. I mean, sorry to say this, but this this all sounds like uh, sort of horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Which part? I oh, mean, you mean the materialism? Yeah, I mean it's it's super cold. It's yeah. it's uh, it's frivolous. Mm-hmm. No, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's as if we were playing to be God or even superior to God, assuming that our understanding of science is superior to the divine nature. Of all existence. Well, let's 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 just say about the source of all existence, and you're starting to see the major correlations now to the ego or the non-self with mm-hmm. this this materialism, faith and concept. Huge trap. Needing to be relevant, hope to gain, fear of loss, scarcity, a major lack of self-value. I mean, basically, 
If we look at consumerism, materialism, scientism, transhumanism, I mean, it's just a bunch of isms. <laughs> no, a bunch of isms. And you know what? It's a worldwide false self ego campaign. Get you stuck from activating your own innate technology. Mm-hmm. So here's a bright side check. I'm going to call it the bright side check. Please. Okay. <laughs> Talk about a catalyst to wake up. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's like they say, you know, you have to hit rock bottom to, to pff, turn you, it. You, listen, it's all, it's just, James Brown said it best, man. You got to get down to get up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> yeah. I agree and uh, on one hand there there are all these isms you just mentioned materialism consumerism scientism transhumanism and on the other hand there's this innate technology I imagine this innate technology uh, is actually our biology no mm-hmm. we already have it and of course uh, here is the relationship in tech And man versus machine. Mm-hmm. As we get into the man versus machine. Exactly. So when you say biology, in the materialist sense, they would be referring to all that is measured with the measurement tools that they use in matter. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about organic biology, there are all sorts of aspects that are more subtle and more subtle and more subtle and more subtle. And so that line between spirit and matter there isn't one mm-hmm. it's just it just fades to this fine essence that you can no longer pick up on the color spectrum or the or let's say on the light spectrum yeah it doesn't mean it's not there it's emanating it just downsteps from this high vibrance down to more lower frequency vibrances yeah and as it downsteps it enters into layers of the body And the lowest steps of it are the lowest and outer parts. And so that's, that's what biology is. And so this, the ideology we're talking about looks past the most significant technology here, mm-hmm. which listeners, brother, hint, you're occupying it. Mm-hmm. And the very significant fact that machines are insentient. 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 Mm-hmm. The soul or essence of self is an organically emanating expression. Right. So it's not a machine. You're not a machine. You're the light that's occupying this instrument. So you are saying that machines are insentient because they are a product of science and technology rather than a natural and a biological. Well, let's, let's just turn it a few degrees and say this. Mm-hmm. It's insentient because the eminent occurring soul is not manifesting itself through that. Mm-hmm. You understand? It's something artificial. Yeah. It's yes. not manifesting through that mm-hmm. because that's what makes the sentience is the essence, the light shining through here. Yeah. That light is not coming from some projector at Google headquarters. <laughs> It's coming from the, oh, wait, that can't exist because I can't see it. 
Landia. <laughs> Landia. <laughs> right? So, I mean, big tech professes that they are fun, you know, that what they profess is that we are fundamentally flawed, that our bodies are now too limited and constantly making mistakes. Mm. And that we need machines and AI to monitor and manage us. You see, wow. And you know the the I'm going to say that big tech or you know the uh, big brother quote unquote or uh, AKA the ego, the non-self, right? It's hidden in plain sight, disseminating counter agendas to the organic evolution of consciousness itself. It's just a shadow program, brother. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> it's really hard for me to believe that we've come all this way as humanity. Um, actually, I believe that big tech is always trying to learn from nature and biology mm -hmm. and constantly trying to imitate it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like I, I disagree with the views of big tech. I mean, this must have a hidden agenda. Well, look, everything that is being replicated here is being replicated from organic tech. Exactly. All of it. So all it is is, as we said about, you see, the analog digital? Exactly. Yes, it's just a transposed uh, replication. Mm -hmm. Right? This is where we're going with this. Love the analog. Yeah. <laughs> so through the catalyst, or shall we say, I'm calling the catalyst what others may... Um, use terms like the corporations and the government and media and tech and all these things. I just look at that as the catalyst. Mm -hmm. And we could also call them the cycles of entropy. Entropy. Yeah, this is the breaking down, the breaking down process. So this is going to get really interesting. Agendas to mindlessly polluting and destroying the earth the breaking down is entropy. Oh. So like... Now I get it. Right? So look at the body. The cells that are dying, they're in entropy. They're in, in right? They're, they're breaking down. Okay. If you were just to isolate those, just taking a little short side, uh, side yeah. trail. If I was to isolate those and I looked at them and they were all breaking down, we could say, oh no, there's something terrible going on inside your body. Mm-hmm. Your body is, is going to be compromised. And now we have to do something about it because it's going to compromise the entire body. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you could look at that entire uh, vessel and comprehend how the totality of the body vessel was working, you would say, oh, that's how this thing thrives. It's adjusting. That's how it thrives. Mm -hmm. It goes through this cycle. There's cycles here. It's thriving. Birth, life, death, birth, life, death. That's the engine mm -hmm. that it thrives at. So you see how if you take and pull something out of context and use statistics, oh, yeah. you can glaringly shock someone into a concept without being able to look at the totality yes. of how it's actually working. Yes. You're with me. I am. <laughs> Nicely explained. Thank you. So entropy, that's an interesting word. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, 
that, you know, the whole idea that we would need external add-ons to increase our value and potential. You see, this is the whole third party. You need the third party. You get in aren't line. sovereign. Get in line. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get in line. And, you know, and this is, this is the other part that I just, I, I really love to share this with, with our listeners because the idea here that's being professed from that camp is that basically we're a plague here. And you see people virtuously saying it. And this is because of the very significant lack of scope. Because you see, the plague, of course, is actually being embedded in the mind and playing out through the electromagnetic projectors. A.K.A. example, you and I, or what I like to call the you and I-verse. The universe. Nice. <laughs> so the, I, I'll say this, that the indigenous peoples, uh, they called this plague Wetiko. Mm. And uh, there's a very powerful example that I just, one moment diversion into, yes, into the Germanic. Because when we look at this, this is the example of, and this is profound, this is the example of the individual who has parasites, for example. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of practitioners and there's a lot of health philosophers out there that kind of feel like they comprehend what's going on, but they just need a little bit more clues. Here's how it works. This doesn't have to do with an immune system. That actually, people will find out what that is soon because it doesn't exist. What I'm going to point out is that imagine this. Imagine that all of your food has the larvae in it. Everything you eat has little micro larvae in it that are parasitic, that are worm type parasites. But unless you have the right environment for them, they pass through with your food. Mm -hmm. The environment they're looking for is the decaying matter. And they thrive in decaying matter. And so if the environment is complete, they don't eat living matter. Mm -hmm. They can't. They don't touch it. They eat dying matter. And so once they're done, if there's no more dead matter, they get passed with the rest of it. But if there continues to be this decaying matter, they thrive and stay. Now, when you're in a hanging healing, when you continue to produce the environment, the effects that make their thriving available, they will thrive. Mm -hmm. You starting to see the relation to the catalyst? You starting to see the relation now to the bigger picture? It makes sense. It's a, a lot of logic, a lot of logic behind, behind this. Ah, this is um, profound. Very much. And uh, Jay, can you, I mean, you just touched in the Watiko concept, the, the, this uh, Native American uh, word. And of course, uh, can you help me and our sacred listeners understand what is, I mean, who is behind this entropy? Why, when, and how is this taking place? Mm, okay, so look, let's, let's always touch on the sacred natural law of correspondence. Mm -hmm. As is above, so is below. What's going on in this body is going on out here. 
And so this whole representation of this huetico is essentially, and using that term is just the, the relevance of this parasitic activity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the way that it, uh, you know, where it came from was basically this, you know, the Native American, the Algonquins and the other indigenous First Nations, they identified this mental illness within these colonials that came to, you know, that, that basically showed up in their, uh, in, in their environment. And what they basically, upon the arrival uh, to their homelands, they basically uh, translated this name, Huetico, is basically cannibalism. And what it means, you see now the relation, mm-hmm. what is it doing? It's feeding on and decaying. It's this, it shows up to, to, to feed. And this, the consuming of another's life for one's own private purpose or profit. Mm-hmm. That's where you see this thread now. Profound. In a, in a huge way. Mm-hmm. In a huge way. So remember this. You know, remember the metaphor of the man behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz in that old movie? And they pull at the end, they pull the curtain of this little guy sitting there pulling all these levers <laughs> and he's the one behind it. This is essentially the composite character. This is the ego character. This is entropy. This is the descending pattern, the exhale. Yes. Huatico, so important. And um, I guess all of this is tied up in a way in which we are arriving into this new, uh, it seems like a trend that's called transhumanism. Mm-hmm. And it must be tied up with all of these concepts and uh, confusion. It's all tied into the isms. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, this aspect of the materialist, unlike traditional religions, it replaces a personal relationship with, you know, the transcendental source, the all, and it replaces it with this radically individualistic embrace of materialistic personal recreation. Materialistic personal recreation. Right. And so that this is like, it's in contrast to the cultural traditions of heart-based faith. And the certainty in heart-based faith that human beings are made up of both material body and immaterial soul, mm-hmm. right? And that the, the believers in this, you know, this new faith, this materialist, transhumanist concept is that we have a body, but, we, but what really counts is the mind, which to them is ultimately reducible to mere chemicals and electrical exchanges. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all about the mind, you see? Where's the heart in that? Where's the heart in it? There's, there's, it's, it's gone. It's severely lacking. This is the hollow feeling. This yes. is the heart disconnect. This is the intellectual. So far away from the life source, so far away from the presence. And vessels void of depth and virtue signaling value based on the ability, and this is what the intellectual concept is. This is the ability to store and retrieve information. And it seems kind of computer-like, 
don't you think? 100%. Machine-like, don't you think? Heartless machines. There you go. This is this is what's below the surface of this. Oof. Right? That's tough. So, you know, the this whole material faith insists that the physical is all that has been or ever will be. And this is really a heartless scenario. And what does it lead to? It leads to another ism, nihilism. This yeah. is the cold disconnect. Oof. Absence, right? Absence in the mind. Presence is in the heart. That's the warm factor. That's the here factor. It's the love factor. It's the it's all the things that rejuvenate you factor. Unite. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I believe that uh, deep down in our consciousness, humanity still, still connects with this uh, natural, organic, heart-based biology. Mm -hmm. um, for someone that is being distracted but has this deep connection, what steps would you recommend to break out of Watiko? So this is, this is first what I would say is if someone is bound into this process, they're going to see it through to a certain point. But ultimately, the truth doesn't need defending. The truth is the last man standing. The heart, it's the last man standing. Mm. So get hip to it now or get hip to it later. But if you want to experience life, then you need to be here and now. And you need the heart to be there in order for that to be a fact. So, I mean, you know, that's... The, the traditional religion and faith promises that, you know, this is the whole concept of salvation. The new faith offers the prospect of rescue mm -hmm. from radical life extension. These are the two big pieces right now that they're pushing on. This whole radical life extension, mm -hmm. right? And right by technological application. Yeah. And, a, and then uh, I say the postmodern twist on faith's promise and of and the realization of the fact of eternal life mm -hmm. and so this uh, this is basically avoiding death do you, you see it sounds very interesting isn't Rejuvenation. that nation there's a lot of that going on yeah but you see it's so interesting because what it's saying is is that you are basically look look at it this way avoiding death that sounds a lot like fear to me. Absolutely. And so why would you be avoiding that again? Because you don't comprehend it. So how would you pretend to be so advanced that you would come up with some technology to defeat something that you don't even understand? Yeah. Sounds like the ego behind that deal too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> This most, most definitely sounds like a sci-fi movie theater. Indeed. The tra <laughs> we're, we're still on this topic? The tra I mean, there's two, the, that's kind of the two core fundamentals of it. And we're, we're, we're going to move past it in a sec, but it's just, it's pretty, it's, it's pushing, you know, it's pushing. And it's, so, it's right? There. First, they say humans will soon acquire heightened capacities, not through 
what we call in the yogic tradition the siddhis, or through the deep prayer or meditation or personal discipline, but merely by taking a pill, or engineering our DNA, or otherwise harnessing medical science and technology to transcend your quote-unquote normal limitations. Mm -hmm. Hmm, interesting. This anticipates what they call the the, uh, event coming that they call the singularity. You guys are going to hear that. There's people that hear that. They hear about the singularity event that's coming. This is coming from and being proposed by this camp, this group. And so a point in human history when the crescendo of scientific advances become unstoppable. Yes. And this enables them to recreate themselves in their own image. Do you see the God complex? Yes. And do you see how incredible this is? Because what this is relating to is look at the look at the complete replication factor here. Look at how it's based on fear and yet will save you. Huh. Look at how it's based on the, hook. the Savior's coming. Yes. And we finally found him, and now he's not as invisible as you thought because we have the tech to prove it. And you're insignificant. And and you're good thing, <laughs> good thing we got your back. Exactly. You are very insignificant, but we're going to help elevate you from your insignificant place. But before get in line. But before get in line. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so, again, look at the lack of heart and the selfish tone, right? Now, the greatest hope, of course, is that they're looking to eternally save their minds. Mm. They didn't say, we're going to save your soul. They say we're going to save your mind yeah, because, because you understand. Doesn't even, that's right. It's, it's not all, even the map. No, it doesn't matter, right? So via personal uploading into the computer program. Of course. So look, what are we happening here? We're seeing the analog to digital copy <laughs> over and over and over again, right? Expect the ultimate li- to, to ultimately live without and in cyberspace. And then you've got your virtual reality and... Emerging with others' consciousness in this multihood. This metaverse. Metaverse. In contrast, the highest virtue with this group is intelligence, which is why increasing human brain capacity is the movement's second most desired, uh, you know, enhancement after defeating death. So first we defeat death. Yeah, you're eternal, and then we boost you. That is just so interesting how that sounds like just a copy of something analog. But anyway, um, ultimately, you know, lost and unfulfilled through the endless ones and zeros. <laughs> ones and zeros <laughs> and the apple. Um, wow. Now this takes me to, like, if we want to dig deeper. <laughs> We're going to go deeper? All right. Bit, a little bit. Okay. And it's just about, you know, contrasting the artificial intelligence Versus the ego, mm-hmm. how they relate it. Let's go with the law of correspondence, shall we? Again. Here's the correlation. Look at AI, okay? It's really just a metaphor for what I like to call the conglomerate mind. You've got all these individual computers, and then you uh, tether them together, and you have this larger Computer device. Power. And so now you have all these individual, quote-unquote, other selves, And then when you tie them together, you've got this conglomerate. So you take the mind and you conglomerate it. Yeah. Right? Now, now, 
taking a bunch of already existing information and reorganizing it into alternate expressions, relative relationships, right? Algorithms. That's what the mind does right now. It has. It doesn't doing come that. up with anything new. It's being provided based on you. Information that you have. You are providing. And then it is reorganizing. Yes. That's the mind. Do you see the correlation? Absolutely. So now, since we look and can tell that when one believes that they are the mind, the ego mind, well then, how interesting. Because that's the same correlation we're talking about with artificial intelligence. It's just the ego mind in digital. That's mm -hmm. it. <laughs> wow. So, you know, this is literally, it's basing uh, uh, intellectual information and comparisons. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what it does. And it sure does sound nefarious, really. Do, do, do. Agendas to confuse, distort, control. Yes, from a certain perspective... Definitely, this is the key, right? But from a certain perspective. And yet, as we've been speaking about the greater scope to share the bigger story, the living story, there's a more significant part. If we continue with the law of correspondence, and if we look at how these events are really catalysts for awakening here, they're aspects of the sine wave. It goes down, it goes up. It goes down, it goes up. Right? And so, how much pressure does it take to crack the walls of ignorance? Mm -hmm. That's what all of that stuff is. How much can you take until you crack the wall of ignorance? It's a copy of that organic process. It's a superimposed digital yeah. copy. It's the artificial version. Yes! That's why it's called artificial. <laughs> 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 exactly. Exactly. So imagine this, and I love to, I want to use this metaphor because I love this. Imagine, look at it this way, because I know that there's a lot of, um, um, you know, people out there and podcasts out there and that are exposing these things and going like, you know, taking some shock value to it because it's a shock when people find out these aspects of the, for sure, uh, right. Of the, of the mechanisms and things. And you know, the fact that I've had about 25 years of of unraveling of this, it's a totally different experience to do than someone who just popped out last year and went, holy crap, that's what's really going on. <laughs> but, but my point is this, which is so profound. If we use the metaphor of the coach and look, you want to go to the Olympics, you want to hit the highest peak of your existence and the Olympics is that. And what do you do? You get a coach. And what does the coach do? The coach basically puts you through all sorts of seemingly grueling tasks. And if you were to miscomprehend why you were doing what you were doing and that you didn't realize or know that you called for the coach, you would look and go, this is horrible. I can't stand this. This is gnarly. This is scary. This is terrible. This must stop. And yet, through those conditions, 
these are the catalysts for your growth, your evolution, your expansiveness. And so let's not misinterpret the coach. It's here for a purpose. And we hired the coach. We called it. You got it. So, wow, the coach is doing what they came to do. So it's a matter of time until one, I mean, time is... It's a matter of now. It's a matter until of Until now. one nows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but how can how much can you take? Yeah. No. Yeah. And so what makes it what makes one more resistible in this sense? Resistant or resistant, uh-huh. sorry. Huh? Um is it ignorance? Yes. Always. Okay. Always. I get it. So You see, the great divide is here to reconcile your real nature, to follow the heart to its divine source. Mm -hmm. The organic natural world is the heart's natural state. And conveniences, as we see, are what are being proposed. Conveniences ultimately atrophy our advancement in consciousness. Mm -hmm. They get us to back off the engagement and then we just get consumed the consumer gets consumed hmm convenience <laughs> convenience is a look out it's a slippery slope you got it it sure is yeah it's it's i mean it's a sobering thing i know there's people listening they're going ah come on this shut this off i mean look it's a slippery slope my friend But when you get a taste of your real identity, nothing else comes close. Yeah. So, you know, that's what's keeping this machine, this machine with a soul in it to continue. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I have one, I mean, kind of like to understand a bit deeper all of this i mean for our listeners it might be valuable to signal that it seems there are two different roads ahead yeah that's the great divide that's the great divide Mm -hmm. it's a proposition it's a proposition yes and we as as humans uh are able to choose which road to take let's say man or womb man Men or are women. at a proposition, at an opportunity. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so, just to simplify it, I see one of those roads is the artificial, technological, mind-based, intelligence, <coughs> you know. And the other one is organic, biological, heart-based, and love. Mm-hmm. How does these... How does each one of these uh, do you see are going to coexist in the in the present moment that we're living through? Mm-hmm. Uh, they there might there, I mean there's things like uh, smart cities that are related to dependent civilized uh, people and obedient uh, uh, you know guys, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the other one is it's in nature. Mm-hmm. Where where one is sovereign and thus free. Mm-hmm. Does this make sense? Sure. And you know what? What's so profound 
is that although there seems to be two paths, although there seems to be a great divide, there really isn't and never was. And so ultimately what is being proposed for the man in the womb man in this experience is the proposition to recall, realize, and reconnect with the real or go into a hollow copy for a while until it just can't suffice. And whether that means that you're going to hop into a a lot more bodies after this one or whether that means that you really find out who you are, it's up to you. So there, there are two roads, but they both take you to the exact same place. You got it. One is a, basically it's like, well, let's take this route. And by taking that route, ultimately that route, route will end up spitting you out where you are going to be, which is now, here and now, the eminence of the divine source and the projector and the as I had said earlier, life is emanating from you. And when one takes the step towards unifying one's existence, when one takes that step for growth, you are ultimately leaning into the evolution, the conscious evolution and the realization of what is. And so you can take a side route and find out how difficult it gets, how cold, how detached, how absent can it be. And at some point, it'll be the catalyst to wake up. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, my friends, um, we've gotten to a to a beautiful place uh, mm. after this conversation, <laughs> and this beautiful place has to do, of course, with the golden nuggets. Mm, indeed. So, Jay, my friend, could you yeah share with us what would be these nuggets of information? Yeah, I basically, just rewind the podcast and listen to it again. I highly recommend it I think it would be a great this is one of the ones you're going to listen to a few times duality is not in the world duality is in your mind stop dividing life look without labeling your true nature is absoluteness there's never been two The heart, ultimately, is the emanating source essence. And you are what is expressing everything around you. Find out for yourself. That's what this is about. Find out the glory of your true nature. And never again will you have to. buy into the concept 
of being insignificant. Boom. There it is. Thank you. Thank you very much, my friend. I think that was a, a beautiful way to close this 10th episode of the Sacred Dynamics podcast. The Sacred Number 10. And you know what? If I may say that the number 10 in the esoteric circles, they would say it's the perfect number. And it's quite interesting because what is the 10 but a 1 and a 0 together? It's only one. You got it. So that's the masculine and the feminine. That's the one and the zero. That's the phi symbol. And actually, I, I didn't want to have to say this, but J is the 10th letter in the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. As always, as always, <laughs> great golden nuggets. Has friends. to be. It has to be. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, um, dear listeners. As you know, our mission and purpose in Sacred Dynamics is to support the restoration of humanity through the personal healing and awakening process. The true commitment starts with oneself and then radiates outwards to all beautiful souls. Or inwards. As we say, inwards and outwards, the Taurus field goes in, goes out, goes in, goes out. Sacred Mastery School, as we mentioned at the start, it is now flourishing. So grateful, so moved by it, so moved by the embracing of it as it's come out. And uh, we're nearing the culmination of the first edition course. And we'll be sharing results and testimonials very soon. Uh, the Sacred Mastery School is an infusion of this sacred path and the guidance to reveal and embody a flowing heart space, to reveal one's true identity, the true self, and all aspects, of course, of one's life are blessed by this process. And for our listeners out there, if you are interested in getting engaged in the great work yourself and want to get engaged one-on-one, we invite you to review a few options. Um, there is an option for uh, the potential to work one-on-one -on -one directly with myself, either on video conference or there are some limited space openings in the Baja if you happen to be here. And of course, the Sacred Mastery School. Um, join or even gather and maybe you have some like-minded individuals or friends that feel compelled to go beyond what limits and amplify conscious expansion, the expansion of consciousness and exponential personal growth together. And of course, we have some other irons in the fire. We've got some exciting things that will unfold in a divine pace, um, some live stuff, some retreat stuff. So by all means, guys, if you feel it, reach out to us. Let's connect. Let's connect. And uh, yes, thanks for that, Jay. And uh, friends, thank you very, very much for connecting. And uh, please, we would love it if you share this work with your family and friends. And of course, connect with us through Instagram at Sacred Dynamics with 1D or visit our website, sacreddynamics.com, 1D or join us in our Telegram channel at Sacred Dynamics, also 1D. 
You'll find all these links in the show notes, and uh, I thank you again for your presence. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Dynamics Podcast. Until next time, stay connected through conscious breath and grounded presence. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.